All right, let's turn our Bibles to Psalm chapter 9. Psalms chapter 9. And we were continuing our, our series, I, I guess that's a way to put it, but just staying within the thought line, anyway, of discernment. A couple weeks ago, um, we gave more of a definition of discernment and, and decided to determine it seems that much of the world today seems to be lacking it. Uh, but discernment is a way to make a... a a decision, if you will, or or a judge, judgment call, or uh, we have information we're trying to put together, and we look and 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 discern what is right and wrong, and 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 God gives us discernment. Uh, last week we looked at in order to have discernment, mostly having to do with the Word of God, but but that we should hear and learn to hear what God says. And uh, today we're going to look at a word a little bit. Um, I'll say uh, uh, briefly because this subject could go on and on. It's it's uh, but but within the idea of having discernment is judgment or judge. I think sometimes people get confused in the Bible. Also, and they're saying that the idea, in, in idea at least, it's kind of the same thing. In other words, it doesn't use the word discernment. It may use the word judge or judgment, but um, they're, not they're not identical. It's just sort of the same thought process. In other words, I need discernment to process the information to make a judgment. Um, the idea of judgment in the Bible uh, has a couple things actually in the dictionary. One of the definitions explains judgment as discernment. Uh, so a judgment or judging is gathering information and making a decision based on the information we have. Or rule of law, for example, we're going to look at some scripture talking about standing before God one day and judgment. And of course, God laid out his law and the word of God. We have what we're going to be judged from or with as far as how we lived. Um, and uh, that's not heaven and hell. We'll get to that and explain that when we get there. But, but uh, let's look at this idea on what is judgment. And I didn't try to make a count, but judge, judgment, variations of the word are in um, throughout the Bible in almost every book, several hundreds of times. And uh, so it's not a word to be afraid of like this. Uh, like today, sometimes the world tries to use it as a negative thing if you judge. And uh, the books up that the Bible tells us we should judge, and uh, but um, not... Um, anyway, Psalms chapter 9 Psalm chapter 9 and verse 7. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. He shall judge the world in righteousness. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. And of course, that chapter goes on, but it says, The Lord shall endure forever. God has no beginning, no end. He's God. The Lord shall endure forever. But notice it says, He hath prepared His throne for judgment. Uh, Here's a couple things. If, if uh, you want to study the, the throne of God, and, and He sits on His throne, but it's interesting that it says He's prepared. And uh, part of that 
um, prepared, you could say, maybe has to do with Jesus dying and being on the right hand of God. And Jesus is our mediator. And, and uh, in Hebrews, even Jesus is going to have that throne. We're actually going to be judged by Jesus himself. And uh, But, but uh, so God, uh, the Lord is the name for God here, shall endure forever, but he hath prepared his throne for judgment. So there is a judgment that matter. Same chapter down in verse 19 says, Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. And uh, so notice that the call um, to judgment here is, is more of a praise. This is not the psalm writer being, hey, I, I, I want to go get everybody that's not after, and God should just take everyone out that's not a believer, and and all that. That's not the tone here. That's not what he's saying. And uh, so, sometimes throughout the psalms, that gets misunderstood or or used wrong in different ways. But what what it's saying here is this is a praise psalm or or a song or like today we sing hymns, and uh, this is a a song. But he's saying that God will. And uh, that God will um, judge, but it says, Arise, O Lord, it says, Let not man prevail. The wickedness, there's two tones to David's writing throughout Psalms dealing with wicked. Sometimes, many times in the Bible, who David is referring to as wicked, yes, are those not trusting in God, but they're not trusting in God because of the heathen nation they're from, and they're maybe physical enemy. They're actually actively attacking Israel while he's king. And uh, so sometimes that is the tone taken on here when when the, the Psalms refers to wicked, is uh, it, it doesn't, yes, they're going to seek answer to God. And if they're not saved, if they didn't believe in God, they're, 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 they have an eternity in hell. And, and in that sense, they're still wicked as far as unsaved. Uh, Psalms also gives a lot of prophecy. So, but sometimes it's either dual meaning or, or understand. But, but look at this context. As we see here, rise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. So David is saying, God, you judge them as you judge us. Throughout Psalms, you can find David um, as many times as he's talking about judging other people. He said, God, look at my heart. Clean me and cleanse me. And uh, so this is not a self-righteous attitude going to God here. This is just talking about God's judgment. But, but I want to give a thought here as that phrase says, let not man prevail uh, a couple um, I'm going to go to do quickly Isaiah chapter five. Uh, I want to show some things uh, throughout Bible that sometimes we get missed here. Isaiah chapter five and verse twenty-one says, "Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight." Well, when we get to plates, of course, uh, the pride is a part of that, but but uh, that wise in their own eyes. And, uh, and uh, several passages, I'll just show a couple here quickly, that uh, a similar phrase comes up as we see in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 2. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the Spirit. Uh, commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Um, when we serve God, the more comfort, peace, and things like that we have. We're not preaching on that today, but that's where verse 3 is. 
All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. We see that today in this world. People try to portray the idea that you can live however you want. No one's supposed to say anything about it. No one's supposed to be offended about it. And it doesn't matter how wicked they are, that uh, somehow it's supposed to be okay. Laws are even being passed now to make some of that lifestyle okay. That's not... Bible says all the ways of man are clean in his own eyes. If man has his own thought, if we're left to our own, if we're left to thinking our own way to get along in life, man becomes selfish and it's about me. Hey, we got to take care of ourselves. And there's there's an element of truth there that sounds reasonable. Hey, we got to eat, we got to live, we got to take care of things, but then it crosses into the mind and the emotions and and the heart and and people start living like, hey, if it's about me, I should be happy. And how many times do we see that across media and, and maybe television or news or, or, or things across the internet that just do what makes you happy. And uh, you don't find that in the Bible. You do what God said is right. And uh, that's how we live. All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes. Over in Proverbs chapter 30, uh, Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 12. See, also there's a generation that are pure in their own eyes. In other words, they look at themselves and it's yet not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty in their eyes. Their eyelids are lifted up. In other words, they're looking at themselves. They become arrogant. And uh, there's several verses that lean down. I'm going to go a little bit uh, in... I'm going to change direction here in a moment, but I want to clarify this thought on what God said about what judgment is. If we understand that how we live is okay, um, I'm not going to dwell on the thought today, um, but there there is a passage here we'll get to in a moment that implies it, and then uh, we have talked about it in the past. Uh, We have looked at Scripture. Paul deals with it often. There's a difference between my saved soul and who I am and going to heaven versus what my flesh is in this earth still dealing with sin. And we have to understand those differences. But with these passages where it talks about man looking at, thinking a man is right in their own eyes, what that means is they're without Christ and they're living their life completely, 100% in their flesh, trying to do things their own way. Judges 17 and verse 6, In those days there was no king in Israel. It says, But every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And then over in Judges chapter 21, in uh, verse 25, we see in those days there's no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. What happened was this is coming out of the era that God had had judges in Israel. With the term judge was used for the, the person that God put in place. And that judge was not necessarily, by definition, would be more of a leader, not a ruler. 
Um, in other words, their, their main job was kind of like, hey, Israel, um, this is what God sowed. Remember what God's law is? Hey, you guys need to pay attention to what God said. And uh, the, the idea of the judge, was well, they came out and the Israel started looking around and seeing all the other nations and seeing how everyone else lived. And they had kings and they thought that made them more important. They thought that made them better. They thought that made them uh, something different. And Israel wanted a king. And they got to a place when they started that attitude, they started heading down the road where they did that which was right in their own eyes, and they stopped disregarding, they started disregarding what God said through the judge, and they stopped listening to the judge, and because they're complaining, uh, in, a, in a sense, more of a judgment almost, uh, but uh, God gave in and let them have a king, and, it, and uh, if you follow that through the Bible, you find that didn't necessarily help them. And uh, But let's go to Numbers chapter 15. Numbers chapter 15 and verse 39. I'll, I'll read quickly. But uh, the, in Numbers, referring to Israel, it says, shall be unto you for a fringe that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. So they're, they're supposed to. They should remember all God's commandments and do them. And you seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which you use to go whoring. In other words, it's going to get them away from God and uh, take that. So we're, we're going to be judged by God one day in Revelation chapter 20. And, and then I'll come back on, on point where we were. But Revelation chapter 20 and verse 12 Says, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Uh, one day, when people stand before God and, and understand there is a real judgment, I believe those books, Jesus, we're going to stand before Christ to give account, not for salvation, because that's a separate. If you're saved, you go to heaven. Um, when God pulls back the last judgment and people are cast into hell forever that didn't receive Christ, and uh, th that is, and then the, the saved are going to give account for our life and get the rewards based on um, that. Romans chapter 14 and verse 11 says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. One day, we're going to stand in that place before God and give that account of our lives and, and go. So when David says here, or the, the writer in Psalms here, in, uh, chapter, in Psalms chapter 9 and verse 19, Arise, O Lord, let, no, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Uh, every person in the world is going to be judged by God and at, at some point. We need to understand that when we look at what a judgment is. So a first judgment, if you will, is this idea um, for God. Now, how does that apply to us? Well, we need to understand that well, if I'm going to answer to God one day, I should live my life with that thought in mind and understand that uh, how it is. In Psalms chapter 1, 
we see how can we apply the idea of judgment or being a judge practically uh, to our lives. Psalm chapter 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper." The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Notice it said, therefore the ungodly, in verse 5, shall not stand in the judgment. Referring one day people are going to stand before God, and they're not going to have anything to stand on. We need to learn to follow. Having discernment as a Christian means I'm not following worldly counsel. I'm not following all the things that we hear over and over in life and things like uh, that it's about us or follow your heart. The God says that the Bible says that that uh, the heart is deceitful and uh, no and and uh, these things with the worldly philosophy that's about us and ourself and and uh, that that we need to and again Psalms chapter 19. See a couple in Psalms chapter 19. And verse 9, we see a different tone a little bit. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Here we have Lord's judgments, but it says judgments, it's plural. Now we're getting to the era, uh, area of the, the decision-making, the helps, the, the, uh, the, the, the law being laid down, if you will, giving us the Word of God as judgments are plural. Psalm 25 and verse 9. Psalm 25 and verse 9 says, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. So we get a gun. So if we can be guided in judgment, judgment isn't always about the law coming down on us and 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 what we sometimes think as a judgment. A judgment is part of our decision making. I make a judgment. We use the term sometimes make it somebody making a judgment call. In other words, they weighed some evidence, they had a little bit of information, and they made a judgment. They made a decision. And uh, so we have here that God's uh, judgment. But God wants to teach the meek his way. And uh, if we may have the right spirit and the right attitude concerning the things of God, God wants to teach us his going to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. Verse 28 says, For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. So what God has to say about judgment, God loves judgment. So this world, we'll, we'll get to some of the verses to deal with it, but sometimes in the world you hear someone just, you know, don't judge me, or you shouldn't judge people, or whatever. Well, it says here, God loves judgment. 
Uh, so I guess we just need to figure out what judgment is and how does that apply to our life. Down in verse 30, um, same verse, same chapter, verse 30, the mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom and his tongue talketh of judgment. So if we're righteous and, and saved and belong to God and we speak wisdom and we learn the idea through the Bible about wisdom, we're going to have Excuse me. Um, if we get him uh, righteous, we have wisdom. And then we're going to see that judgment and we'll be able to understand God's judgment and live by that judgment and be able to make judgments of our own. Psalms 106. Psalms 106 and verse 3 says, Blessed are they that keep judgment and he that doeth righteousness at all times. So notice it's not a judge, it's just keep judgment. Keep, uh, it's not a specific judgment. It's not saying a law. It's not saying, no, to just keep judgment or have that decision making. Keep that uh, discernment, if you will. Over in Isaiah, book of Isaiah chapter 66 Isaiah 66 and verse 1 says, Thus saith the Lord, the, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Well, I guess I did that again. We're done the wrong verse. Well, I guess we don't worry about that one because I wrote it down wrong and I have a note on it and that's not the verse. And without the verse, I don't know. So there we go. Let's go to the New Testament briefly. Um, anyway, um, I'll make a brief mention though throughout Isaiah. If you were to do a study and search as we're turning to Philippians, um, a, uh, Isaiah says much about judgment. Isaiah was a prophet to Israel and uh, gave a lot of um, insight and prophecy, especially about Christ, and, uh, but trying to get Israel's attention. Purpose, Isaiah's ministry was a lot of Israel not living right and trying to go their own way. And, and, is, um, and Isaiah was trying to pull Israel back to God. Um, among that thought process throughout, you do see, as I said, a lot of the prophecy. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of getting on Israel, if you will. They need to live right, have judgment. So the judgment and the idea of judgment is used over and over and over again throughout Isaiah. And uh, let's hear Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. And uh, so it's not about, hey, I don't need to worry about being judged. We already saw that. We are going to answer to God. There is a judgment from God. And, uh, but um, our daily life includes having a judgment. So here the prayer, Paul writing to the church here in Philippi, and he said, um, your love may abound more and more in knowledge 
and in all judgment. And uh, so that they can make decisions properly and live right properly and live according to the word of God, live what they're preached and have that judgment. So if we see the parallel, if you will, to having judgment and what we've been preaching on called discernment, let's look at a couple verses that uh, sometimes are famous that, that uh, people don't seem to understand the context. Go back to Matthew chapter 7 and... Uh, Matthew chapter 7, I am going to turn to a, a next verse while we're turning there, Matthew chapter 7, and Jesus is speaking here, and uh, in, of course, for much of the Gospels, when Jesus was giving, Jesus had, had twofold. Jesus did have compassion on the crowds, but there was very limited preaching or teaching to crowds. Much of Jesus' talk was he was giving talking to a crowd. Usually the disciples and the Pharisees would go. He turned his attention to the Jews. Most of the time in the Gospels, when, Jesus, when it says they're talking to Jews specifically, most of the time that's the religious crowd. And uh, so, so he's talking to the, the religious crowd, or sometimes Jesus is saying something, even if he's among other people, to teach the disciples something. Um, but this is one of the times he's talking to the, this, the, these religious crowd and people trying to trick them up and just all kinds of things. And, and uh, so this statement is made in chapter, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, Judge not that ye be not judged. And uh, so a lot of people take this and try to take it. See, the Bible says judge not. Well, what about all the hundreds of times that we can find in the Bible where we are to judge, or judge is good, or judgment is of God, or, or we saw a verse a while ago that the Lord loves judgment. And uh, so, so we see it. So what does this passage mean? We have to take it into context of what's going on and establishing what judge. So here, what it is is judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure uh, you meet, it shall be measured unto you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thy own eye? And uh, so there's more to it than that. And in verse 5, Jesus calls them hypocrites. The idea of this passage is not that we should never make a judgment call or judge or, or form an opinion or something of someone else as much as it says you need to take care of yourself and God first. You need to take care of your own life and God. How does your life stack up with God first? How does your, also in Luke, uh, the, the parallel passage over in Luke, and uh, it adds to it in uh, Luke 6.37, Judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be get forgiven. And uh, so, in other words, the, 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 the hypocrisy of the Pharisees especially was they would do little things, and man, they dress right and look right and all the things, and Jesus never condemned them for that. Those weren't bad things. The problem is they used that as a criteria to judge everybody else instead of the Word of God. And they use that instead of someone's relationship with God or, or the fact that we know God can see someone's heart. And, and, and uh, they use the criteria of, look at what I did 
became their measuring stick instead of the Word of God. That was the problem uh, with the Pharisees. And uh, a couple more thoughts here over in John chapter 7. As uh, we, we look at this thought continuing, especially in judging and dealing with other people. Uh, John chapter 7 and verse 24. Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. For people try to take this verse, see, it doesn't matter what the outside is. If I say, well, if you love God, if you're saved and you're, you love God and you're really living for God, there's going to be something on the outside that can be seen. Um, it's not all about, that's not what it's all about. Back to Matthew, just said, that's just not my life is not how I measure everybody else in the flesh. It's not all about the flesh. It's just about, hey, what's going on in the heart? Yes, important, but it will come out. And the outside, this is not an excuse for to get away with sin or not an excuse to just be mediocre in our Christianity. This is not an excuse just to say, see, it says our outside doesn't matter, our appearance doesn't matter. That's not what is being said here. And it said, just not judge, judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Um, over in chapter 8, in John chapter 8, and verse 15, says, Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. Now I'm going to continue a thought kind of backwards to where we were. Notice I read one verse. So here it says, I judge. Um, he says, Ye judge after the flesh, I judge no man. That phrase is important. It's not saying that absolute no judgment on our opinion or how we form opinions. Um, we, we, plenty in the Bible, we shouldn't look down on people and have pride and all that. We, we understand that. But I want to context, again, context of this idea of judgment. Uh, a judgment is nothing more than making a decision or, 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 or an idea. Now, let's continue. You judge after the flesh. That's important. If, I, if my flesh and what I do in the flesh is how I view other people, then something's wrong. I'm not judging somebody if I take the Bible and the Bible says how someone living is sin and I show that person in the Bible that their lifestyle is sin, I'm not judging them or looking down on them. That's showing them the Word of God. But if I take... Oh, they're, they're, they're not right with God because they don't wear the same kind of clothes I do um, or, or, or certain th little detail stuff that we get out there. Um, that, that's, not, that's what this is talking about. He says, ye judge in the flesh. I judge no man. Now, verse 16. And yet, if I judge, my judgment is true. For I'm not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. Back to chapter... <clears throat> Chapter 8, where we read a moment ago in, uh, I'm sorry, chapter, um, let's go back to chapter 5. Got my order of notes mixed up again. Chapter 5 and verse 20. For the Father loveth the Son. Five.
Okay, five, chapter 5. We saw 15. I'm sorry, chapter 8. I'm back up here. I don't know what I wrote. Chapter 8, John chapter 8, uh, verse 15 and 16. We, ju we just read and explained that. You judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet, if I judge, my judgment is true. I am not alone, but I and my Father that sent me. And uh, so we have to understand that there is a good judgment. There is a judgment that is right. There is a way. It's not an excuse to get by. There's not an excuse, to, or, or I should say people want to make... Um, the, the, the verses that say not to judge does not mean we just accept everybody uh, the way they are. What that means is I need, I need to compare things to the Bible. Let's go to 1 Peter. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 21, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. So we have Christ as an example. Verse 22 clarifies how he lived, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bear our sin and his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. So even Jesus, and there are several other passages that are similar. Jesus talked about the will of his Father. Um, Jesus talked about doing God's will. Um, we, several times we find that Jesus put himself under the judgment, it said, to him that judgeth righteously. And uh, so even in the flesh, Jesus being God, he could have stopped. He could have changed his mind. He had every right to. He came because he loved us and uh, wanted to give us a way to heaven. And uh, so he gave, uh, gave himself to God's judgment. When we learn about having discretion in my life and making decisions or judgment, we need to learn that God's judgments or the word of God is what we look for. God, if, we, if I plan my life on God's word, if I put my life against the word of God, if I put my life against what God said, then when I make decisions and I make judgments and, and, and having discernment as that daily process or constant, hey, I, I can make, I can see something and, hey, is that right or wrong? Is that, um, it, it's, it's the world has tried for years and years and it's getting worse to try to put an idea out there that there's no such thing as something absolute. The difference is God is an absolute. The word of God is an absolute. And discernment is understanding based on the Word of God. There's things that I can make decisions in, and I can make the right decision because I can base it on the principles of the things of the Word of God. And I can have good judgment as I judge, first of all, my life, 
but judge how to get through the world and make, make those decisions or have discernment as I live for God. And uh, we need to, as we continue this idea of discernment, hey, being a judge, if you will, um, is not about going after everyone else out there and figuring out what's wrong with everybody. That's not judging in the Bible. It starts with myself and my life. And does my life match up with the Word of God? And that is what a biblical judgment is and how I need to apply it as I live for God each day. Let's stand and we'll close in a word of prayer. God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this time in your word. God, I pray that you'll uh, help us as we go live for you this week. And God, help us to have um, that good judgment that, you, that your word gives us. God, I pray that you'll help us. God, bless us this week as we go live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.